Hello and welcome to How to Build a Village. I'm your host, Jill Martin-Wren. Joining me today is Alessia Giustiniano, a financial media and digital campaign specialist. She's the co-founder of hootloot.co.uk, a fintech education website that teaches children how to manage money. She's a former director in the banking industry who supervised credit risk for major international organizations, a career that led her to live in financial capitals around the world. Welcome, Alessia. Thank you, Jill. So where are you from? I am originally from Italy, uh, but I have been moving pretty much um, everywhere since I was about 22. I've moved from Rome, where I'm from originally when I was born, in Italy to London, from London to Hong Kong, from New York back to London. And I've also moved briefly for like work secondments in places like Amsterdam, uh, Singapore for like short periods of time. So I am part of that generation that felt that the world was our global village. Uh, probably one of the first generation to really harness the ability to to move um, in lots of different areas of the world. So um, I moved for studying the first time from Rome to Wales, actually, for a six months scholarship in 1996. And then from Wales, I managed to go to London for work. Then I moved from London to Hong Kong in a long secondment. From London, I went to New York as a change of career and to do a master degree for a few years. And then from New York, I moved back to London for family reasons. Every time I move, one thing that has always happened and that I think is quite interesting, you always feel in the first year like uh, really disconnected from the place where you've moved to. You have the excitement of being in a new place, but it's almost like um, you walk blindly in a space. Like you don't really know, you have no emotional attachment or memories uh, or people that link you to a place. You don't know what's going on. You know, you try to keep yourself informed, but take for granted, like in the place where you lived for a while, you know, you you are selective, you know, you know the, the things that are going on, whether they're worth it, you know, you know what you're interested into, you know, you know, for instance, in London, there's a great electronic music scene. So you're going to look at electronic music listings more than you do in another place city like Hong Kong, for instance. But when you move to a new city, and that was true, um, you know, the first time I moved, for instance, to this small town in Wales, I had no idea. You know, I, I did a bit of research, but, you know, what you read in books is very different from what your experience of the place is going to be. And so what becomes familiar is, you know, walking to your school or walking to your work. And that starts becoming like a, a moment full of observations and, and you start building memories, you know, this continues. Like I remember walking back to university in Wales and walking back and I, you know, I started knowing the road, I started knowing the buildings uh, and then, you know, you start meeting people and then you go to a pub, you know, instead of another pub, you know, mm. it, it, it becomes filled. The space surrounding you starts becoming filled with experiences. And then that's what it takes to become familiar. And for instance, moving from what I thought was a big town like Rome to Wales was very strange and disorienting because, you know, Rome, every, you know, in Rome, everywhere you want to go, 
two, you have to reach by car. While, you know, in a small town in Wales, you have to walk. And, you know, already this kind of big difference was a new experience for me. I never really walked to go somewhere when I was in Rome and just trying to orient myself around an area walking was completely different experience. And for me, the first time that I had to reach university walking instead of driving. And another interesting thing of Wales, you know, you moving from the big town to the small town and also quite remote place. I remember I was very surprised that people would still speak to me, even if I was in a tracksuit pants, <laughs> something that, you know, you don't really get in, you know, I remember uh, ringing my friends. I'm like, you know, I don't even have to wear makeup or boots, you know, trainers and tracksuits and people just interact with you. So that was an interesting change for me. Did it make a difference why you moved to a place in terms of how easy it was for you to adapt? So was it easier when you moved to Wales as a student or in moving to New York or Hong Kong for, for work? Did it make a difference why you were there, the circumstances to make it harder or easier for you to make it feel like home? It definitely helps you to already land in a type of community. For instance, you know, traveling to Hong Kong for work. It's interesting how I already had people waiting for me there that were um, already alerted that, you know, I didn't know the place and they were trying to kind of help me uh, settling down by taking me to restaurants or introducing people. So I'd say, yes, having something to do or having already a community to join, it makes a huge difference. Uh, when I moved to New York, I had two different, well, I had my partner who was already there and he had moved like six months before me. And then I was uh, joining the New York office of the corporation that uh, I was working for. And then I was doing a master's degree. So I had like three different mm. clusters of people waiting for me and showing me different a different part of New York. Strangely enough, because they were so different to each other, you know, it was a bit confusing. You know, my, my um, work colleagues were very different from my master's degree colleagues and when you move somewhere, you don't really know where you're going to fit in or what that place is going to pull out of you. And mm -hmm. so I was being a bit pulled between the corporate environment, uh, the RT, media friends, uh, my boyfriend at the time and the couple, you know, his other friends with girlfriends and so going to restaurants and stuff. So, you know, the first year of New York was really trying to kind of put all these different communities together and not getting too confused. Yes, I'd say definitely, you know, your destination in terms of like work or um, lifestyle is it's going to impact the experience you have of of that place. When we moved back to London, that's also an interesting thing. You know, the experience of London in our uh, times without children as young professionals was completely different to the experience of London as a couple with two children. You know, the places you go are different. The things you're interested in are different. The people you hang out are different. 
Um, so it's almost like I rediscovered London because I had never experienced London as a mother, for instance. Um, you know, I only experienced London as a working, you know, 12 hours a day and then partying in bars and restaurants. I'd never even known that there was a baby cinemas or <laughs> yoga, mummies and kids yogas and a whole community attached to it. So that's definitely interesting. Where you are in your life, it's going to pull out the experiences and build the memories of a place in a different way. And would you say that that made it easier getting feeling settled in London? Would you say just having children opened more doors? It made you feel more settled because of that community of baby cinema and baby that, yoga? I think the, the difference between large metropolitan cities like London and New York is that there is really for every everybody. There's so much to do and there's so many opportunities to meet people that you will find your place in it whilst a place like Rome paradoxically this you know even if it's a larger town it doesn't cater for as many different uh, lives and different people as much as a city like London so you know you end up kind of adapting more to this kind of, you know, more Roman and more standard lifestyle. Or for instance, my friend who is Australian, she had, you know, she lived in New York. We met in London and then she moved to New York more or less at the same time. Um, she decided to return to Sydney where she was from. She only lasted two years and she had to come back to London because she just couldn't find herself. You know, everyone in Sydney at the age of 42 has children, you know, has already a particular lifestyle and there isn't anything else apart from that. So because she didn't have children and she was a um, professional at the age of 42, she had to return to a place like London where, you know, she could go out with people uh, the same age as her that have, you know, she could find her niche. So... It's very difficult to find your niche in a smaller and more um, and less metropolitan place. That that has been my experience. And did you ever find that you gravitated towards other Italians, either in London or in any other city where you lived? At the beginning, I did, um, and I think everyone does that. And then I I tried not to at all. There's been like a breakthrough. I think after the first four years in London, I I came to really dislike the Italian community um, in London. It, it It's all made of people that obviously, you know, the people that, that hang out with the Italian community in London are the ones that have not integrated yet. They go to the same places. They, they all have the same nostalgic conversations about how bad it is because there's not enough sunshine. You can find parmes and cheese and it becomes this kind and they populate, you know, I remember at least the one I joined, it was all around Gloucester Road, an area of London, which, you know, is mostly Italian finance professionals or lawyers. And they t you tend to go to the same bars and restaurants and it's almost like you never, you know, you don't really see London. It's almost like, you know, you're stuck into this kind of um, Italian expats community. And then 
you know, after f- few years that I've done that, you know, the the big breakthrough was that I went to live with um, uh, two English girls, mm. shared an apartment with them, and you know, I never, I never returned to the Italian community. It was just so interesting to meet people from different countries and. You know, I started mixing up much more. But at the beginning, I think it, it kind of anchors you someplace. You know, you need to kind of get together with somebody else that is, you know, you feel a bit familiar to. And there's a lot of Italians in London. So yeah, that wasn't difficult to, to fall into it. And with, with each move you've made, have you known how long you're going to be there? Well, everyone says two years, right? Yeah, yeah kind of like yeah I'm going to move to London for two years everyone (laughs) kind of has this illusion that two years is the perfect time you know one year you get yourself around one year the other year you enjoy it and then you go back but in reality it's always more than that it takes so much longer than at least for me it took so much longer than I expected you know two years into New York I still felt like I didn't belong at all. I still felt like I I didn't really connect with people enough to be able to say, okay, I found my people in New York. And the same in London. The first two years in London, I was still, I really didn't know which London I, you know, it would have become my London. I didn't meet the people yet that, you know, that became my friends. So yeah, I think like five years has always been my time limit. I think after five years, you kind of are ready for the next move. If you belong to these people that can or are willing to to move and experience different countries or different ways, ways of life. And just that, that idea of belonging, what do you think it takes to belong somewhere? That is really difficult. I think looking back, um, to New York, definitely the memories, you know, you need some time, you need some time for the experiences to leave the mark inside of you. So, you know, the people you meet, the conversations, the the good times you have, or even the bad times, the pain. And, you know, in New York, there were like, for a year, I was always sick, you know, I thought, doctors thought I had a type of cancer. So I went through all these tests, which, you know, eventually um, it wasn't cancer and, and I'm fine. But I remember the city, you know, I remember this kind of anxiety and uh, and uh, thoughts of like, oh, you know, maybe I will die in this city, you know, and, and, and together with all the walks that, you know, I, I used to walk a lot in New York also as a way to kind of discharge this anxiety of all these medical tests I was doing and I I remember because this clinic where I was going for all these medical tests was very close to Central Park I would just you know I have these memories of Central Park that I really cherish now as this place that really helped me supported me um, in every season you know the beauty of the snow the mm-hmm. uh, the spring the cherry blossoms so it almost like it kind of supported me held me up uh, while I was going through this pain so I think you need time and you need experience you know if nothing happens to you nothing good or nothing bad uh, mm-hmm. in a city where you are you don't you never probably connect um, to mm. it deeply so I think always like experiences you know the the mark that people you know the 
I met so many amazing professors during my master's degree and, you know, the, almost the enlightenment I experienced talking to them has, you know, has remained um, with me. And it's so part of that New York experience, the art exhibitions, you know, something that it's very difficult to get everywhere else. You know, New York has the best cultural experiences. So that, that was also very important for me, like London at the same time. But for other places, for instance, you know, I remember Hong Kong was a lot about the natural world. I remember traveling a lot around uh, Vietnam and Thailand when I was in Hong Kong. So that was different. I used Hong Kong Island is like small and it's just like an expert place, but it's in the middle of Asia. So the travels that I've done during my time in Hong Kong were amazing experiences, you know, more than Hong Kong itself. I remember Thailand and Vietnam and China. So it's, yeah, definitely experiences, memories, things that make leave a mark on you. And do you have a favorite move, you know, like a really, uh, a place, either place you've loved the most or, and or time that you've loved the most to make one of those moves stand out as the best? I'm going to mention Amsterdam because even though I didn't live there for very long, but it's almost like it, it was so lovely and Dutch people are so welcoming and it's such a, it's almost like joining a, a kind of little fairy forest. You know, Amsterdam is like, is so beautiful and the, the city is so romantic and the shops have all these interesting Nordic imagery, uh, you know, trolls. I remember they have like uh, little statues of trolls and fairies, especially in winter. Um, and Dutch people are truly nice you know they they're really it they're really interesting people so yeah Amsterdam was a bit like going on uh, spending some time in a fairy forest soul feeding was really good like London and New York can be tough as well as you know stimulating and beautiful but you know you're nobody you know you you perfectly know when you move to London or to New York that you know there's so many amazing people, so many high achievers, so many interesting things that are, you know, that you you will always feel a little bit um, over overwhelmed. But in but Amsterdam, especially the center of Amsterdam, is just so like calming and relaxing and makes you feel special. Dutch people always made me feel special. It's just a culture that I enjoy. And what did you do on weekends there? Um. Just go, you know, hire a bike. That's another amazing thing of Amsterdam. Just there's no cars in the in the center, and with a bike you go pretty much everywhere. So uh, riding bikes, um, calling friends, you know, through through my work, and just going to these lovely restaurants and cafes. Uh, more cafes, you know. Amsterdam is not great for food. Um, coming from Italy, is not is not good and is not is not necessarily like a great. Um, foodie capital at all but like the cafes and the uh, the walks around the canals and you know going to see friends in these beautiful houses you know very ancient houses I even remember meeting this uh, group of guys and they let me climb up to the roof to watch because they were live they live like next door to the Anna Frank's museum and the Anna Frank's house and so just you know I remember like 
spending few nights on the rooftops of Amsterdam. So it was um, really nice, very small. You know, after you lived in London and New York, Amsterdam is almost like a small village and very lovely. And so what's your advice for getting settled in a new place? Uh, you know, go, try to go through that. Um, the first year, I think, is quite tough. Um, you feel completely disconnected. It's it, it's a very strange feeling. You are excited because you're a new pla- in a new place. And I think this happens even if it was your decision to move. But you're so... Um, it's almost like you are unrooted and you don't have any anchor. So um, you just have to go with that. You have to you have to try and survive with that feeling of like, you know, having no one to rely on if something goes wrong or, um, you know, watching people having fun in bars and meeting friends that, you know, and you can't do that because you do not have people that you know you still enjoy you know yeah you will have some contacts that you know your work colleagues gave you or uh, some friends of friends but you know you know they're gonna see you because they've been asked to do so you don't have any experience with them um and you know it's not like seeing an old friend you know it's not the same thing as having a drink with your old friend so you will have to do that for much longer than you think um but then it will happen, you know, then then you will find um, the experiences that enrich you, the people that you have fun being with, you know, it's it's going to come. But nothing will will um, save you f- from that uh, feeling. I don't know. I At the time, it kind of I had this anxiety of actually, you know, being more settled than I was and always like, you know, looking at people and joining themselves together. And I'm like, you know, will I ever be able to meet somebody and be so familiar with that and uh, it does happen but it takes much longer much longer well that's wonderful well thank you alessia really interesting to hear about all your travels and moves no problem thank you jill thanks to everyone who joined us on this episode of how to build a village we look forward to seeing you next time